for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! And welcome in to the Blitz Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Kane Schwartz. And I'm joined by, for the first time in a while, me and Mitch are doing a uh, solo pod together, man. Welcome in. I'm excited. Yes, sir. I've been waiting this long-awaited return. I'm here. I'm ready to cook, unlike some certain yes, quarterbacks yes, in the AFC West. Graphic to the left side of me. Uh, yeah, Russ has not been cooking lately, in the case you didn't know. But uh, yeah, we'll get into that and more. We'll do some uh, start and sits today. We'll do some. Uh, we'll dive into our picks, kind of break down uh, game by game what we thought real quick. But really, we're gonna spend the time on giving you our headliners and our spread picks for the week, which we've already put in a pot parlay. So should be some exciting shit coming down the pipe. But yeah, I'm hype. Uh, talk some uh, some football and with you, man. It's been and you get to do your fucking injury segment today, dude. Oh my god! Finally, I mean, Ooh. I can go grab the lab coat if we need it for that segment. That'd be for fine, some authenticity. Dude. I mean, this guy, he's <laughs> finally here. We've been doing the fucking injury report without him. He's been sending me the notes, and I've been literally reading them verbatim on the podcast. But it's good to have you in person to give you our. The be- to give the fans the best injury analysis Definitely. in all of the land. So, without further ado, let's dive into it. And we start with Thursday Night Football and recapping that. Um, if you didn't watch it, good for you. Uh, you saved three hours of your life. Um, if you did watch it, I'm sorry. Uh, we all did. And it really sucked, man. It really sucked. It was the... Final score was eleven to nine. Broncos end up losing at home. Was it twelve to nine or eleven to nine? I have eleven here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Twelve. Yeah. It was straight field goals. Straight field goals. The week, two weeks before, they won eleven oh, to nine to the Forty Nine ers. But yeah, it was twelve to nine. Uh, the Colts end up coming out on top. Um, it is the first game in NFL history to go to overtime without a touchdown scored absolutely fucking bonkers um there's not much to take away from this game other than both of these teams absolutely fucking stink uh russell wilson and nathaniel hackett seem to not be hacking it no pun intended um these guys suck and you know like i looked (laughs) i watched uh did you see nate hackett get interviewed in the tunnel at halftime he didn't seem concerned at all. Yeah, he was like, oh, yeah, we just got to figure some stuff out. It's not like we haven't he, done shit in the first half on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. He's just so unaware. He's so unaware of clock management. He's so unaware of how his team is standing and what the locker room presence is for him. He's That's just what I'm saying, dude. oblivious to anything. ridiculous, like... You go from a guy who's the play caller in Aaron Rodgers' MVP season last year to now 
being the play caller who I don't know we'll I, we'll get we'll get to it but let me read through the stat line for Russell last night uh 21 for 39 274 yards and two picks two very ugly picks at that probably should have been around four picks um in the league right now on the season he is 22nd in QBR among quarterbacks uh 20th in passing uh, passer rating uh, among quarterbacks and he is fourth in a pass attempts, dude. That's insane. Like, he's fourth in pass attempts, yet absolutely fucking stinks. And then, here's the real kicker. On throws further than 20 yards, he is 6 for 24. That is the worst ratio currently in the NFL. That's pretty bad, man. So, now that we've seen what this team looks like without Javante Williams for the first week... What's the outlook for the Denver Broncos for the rest of the season? I mean, does the handle does Hackett get fired before the year ends? Dude, you think I, there's a shot? I I think they let him finish it out. But as we mentioned in the group chat earlier, Garrett Bowles out for the year. They have no left tackle on an offensive line that was already kind of like holding on by a thread. Nobody was like a definitive starter except Bowles, and now they lost him. There's no way to recover this team unless Russell Wilson shows kind of like that perseverance he showed in Seattle. But honestly, that might have been Pete Carroll at this point because he has weapons. He has Judy. He has Sutton. He has Dolches. Oh, uh, yeah, Alberto Gia, O'Shaughnessy. Uh, or no, Alberto. Abuamaway or something. I, I could not yeah, pronounce I that. I was attempting, but, but... He's a dog. KJ Hamler, he's a I dog. I was attempting, but I could not do it. South Hamler is his deep ball guy. I thought he was going to be like Tyler Lockett this year. And Russ just... Dude, the one big play last night... Was Corlin Sutton is... and Kate? Yeah, the ref got in the way. The ref set got an amazing way. pick, and two Broncos players the caught the same pass. I've never seen that before in football. And then, as as a Cortland Sutler Sutton owner, I was so glad he ripped it away from him because that was five points that went my way. On that one play, yeah, otherwise I mean, he would have been useless this week. It's a bit, it's, it's, and you, if you want to play a, uh, I mean, this is after hours after all, and if you want to play a drinking game, a drinking game, uh, feel free. Yeah, I mean, um, of course, I'm under 21, so I could never drink. Abysmal. No. But yeah, Mitch is over the age of 21, so enjoy yeah. that, brother. And the rest of you, uh, every time I say a word like all right, dismal, you know, if you've been with this podcast a long time, you know the common words and phrases, so. Yeah, just have a little, uh, if you're really taking this in on a Friday night, have some fun with us, dude. Might as well. But, <laughs> yeah, dude. This is a weekend show. Bags. Enjoy yourself. All right. I really want to talk about Nate Hackett some more. I mean, he is the new head coaching hire in Denver after bringing in a new offensive coordinator, a new defensive coordinator, a new special teams coordinator, new owners, and a new quarterback. And... Who was the first to go among all those guys? Like, I mean, it's not going to be Russ. They just signed him to a huge fucking deal. And now it's... It's got to be the man leading the ship with the least amount of money. It's got to be Hackett. And honestly, like, everybody attached to him is going to. Because every new head coach 
brings in their own regime. They bring in their guys that think is going to mesh with their play mentality, like Staley did in Los Angeles, even though it was, honestly, probably not a lot of great hires on the defensive end, but they bring in their own guys. It's going to happen. And I don't think Hackett makes that out of this year. He's been so horrible with clock management. They should have had a cakewalk of a win against Seattle, and they just couldn't manage it. That was such an easy game, and now they're 2-3, and three, and they're about to go into the thick of their schedule. They do not have a lot of easy games on that just throw, because they're in the too, AFC West. Yeah, on the opportunities that they had on big, uh, big plays last night. Like, they had, yeah, that fourth down that fourth when KJ Hamler was, like, screaming open. And Russ, Why he's do? looking to the left. Bruce Arians would say that yeah, was dude. WAO. Wide yes, ass open. Absolutely. Like, he telecast. was like focused, honed in on the left side, and then Hamler gets open. And like, he's been open, and Russ sees him as he's staring at Cortland. He's like, oh shit, I should just throw it in the direction of two general receivers. And it gets tipped, and the Broncos lose possession. They are the. I've, I haven't seen worse red, zone play, worse red zone play calling in a long time. No. Like, I have never seen a team mm-hmm. this unprepared for throwing five yards. Other than maybe the Seattle Seahawks and the You Super Bowl knew team. they weren't going to score that touchdown, that, dude. They just you knew it. to run like, it. Every time they got inside the 20, you were like, okay, it's going to be another fucking field goal. If they don't score a 60-yard touchdown, right. it's they're not going to they're not going to get it. That's about all Russ has in his arsenal, though. He does not look to the slides. He does not look to the tight ends. He looked for the go ball, and he looked for the out route. And that's about it. And all you have to do is play, like, a very strict zone coverage yeah. playing sidelines, and, and you are about set. It's terrible in Broncos Nation right now. Uh, Broncos country, I should say. Uh, Russ, he, yeah, he even got a Broncos country in that's after right. his uh, post-game presser <laughs> last night. Oh, my God. After that interview... Apparently, the fans have to hate him. So he was sitting much. in They're his gonna locker, boom right on the opening kickoff after the game, in full pads, having a deep conversation with Nate Hackett. I think Nate Hackett might be a poser too, man. Maybe they're just posing it together. Like, how long can we keep this shit up? Like, phew, I don't know. It's it's. They aren't feeling danger with right now. That's that. all I can. But say. uh. <laughs> yeah, that does it for the uh, Broncos talk. But let's dive into the Colts side of things. As a Colts fan, and there's a lot of Colts fans around here uh, because I am Indianapolis is besides Cincy is the closest NFL team to here, and uh, they are not happy this morning. Um, they, I've talked to several Colts fans who aren't acting like they won the football game last night. Like they're like they are legitimately concerned about the rest of the season. Yeah, exactly. Is there a real a winner in that game? Who though? wasn't That's going horrible. to lose that game last night? But. Something that was super glaring and has been glaring all season for the Colts is that horrific offensive line play, dude. So now the Colts have allowed 21 sacks on the year, and it's unfair to say necessarily that they have allowed the most sacks in the NFL so far because they have been the only team to play a Week 5 game so far, but they have allowed four more sacks than yours truly, the Washington Commanders offensive line. So, unless Wentz is sacked four times, 
at risk. Yeah, to be I mean, I'm not super scared of the <laughs> Titans pass rush. Like, I should be a little bit, but, I mean, Jeffrey Simmons, yeah. Yeah, Jeffrey Simmons. Jeffrey Simmons is pretty nasty. Up to metal, dude, and our center. We, I'm pretty sure we're on our second string center right now. Uh, Rollier's out. Rollier, and he won't get four sacks, yeah. but he'll open but, up something for someone else. Yeah. But that's concern. a shit ton of sacks. Either way, you want to slice it. Uh, Twenty-one sacks on the year for the Colts. Uh, that's putting a old elderly man on the ground a fair amount of times. Um. Bernard Raymond, he allowed four penalties in the first half alone. Seems to be the tackle spot that the Colts can't figure out. Do you do you have any optimism that this offensive line gets it together this season? Not this season. Raymond was like a project for me. I thought they'd throw him at right tackle and just hopefully get him down to adjusting to the speed of the NFL. While not facing the like prototypical guy that goes up against the left tackle, like the Miles Garrett, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, pretty much anybody you could think of off the top of your head that's amazing, I thought they'd just put him to the weak side of whatever team they were playing, and they threw him in the left tackle, and he was not ready. I mean, he went to Central Michigan. There is no way you expect a guy from Central Michigan to actually perform your first year of the NFL. He was an amazing athlete. He passed fact, all the RES scores. Fun he fact, ran Bernard Raymond is he had the great agility. Australian not player that good. ever to be drafted in the NFL not to play a kicking position. Yeah. Really? I know he was a tight end when mm-hmm. he went in, and he just balked up. Because he he needs to put on more weight. He's not like that prototypical size for the like either right or left tackle. Honestly, he's barely scratching three hundred. But he's long. He's got some room he's to really grow. Really long for sure. At this point, Quentin Nelson is probably the yeah, only I mean, guy that is not a weak link. Because they it, were scrapping together, people. And they, they've lost people. They lost Ryan Kelly throughout. last night too. It's we rough. don't know when he's going to be back, and that's. When you go down an all-pro center, it's not looking great. Good things for your offensive line. Um, I will say, uh, not looking great. I didn't say much about Matt Ryan. Um, he, yeah, threw a couple. Yeah, he looked yeah, okay. He threw two picks last night for what he had. Yeah, I believe it was two picks. Um, but I don't have that in front of me. But yeah, he did look. I mean, he looked about what he's looked all year, like game manager, but a little better, you know. And I will say, though, I said into the chat earlier, he had a fucking run-through-the-wall post-game speech after that dub, and Wentz could never do that. That was the problem with Carson Wentz. That was why Ursay got rid of Wentz, because he wanted a, like, Marine type of leader in the locker room, like, to lead the leader of men. And Wentz, Wentz isn't that, like... But Matt Ryan is, and he's been to a Super Bowl. He's played at a high-caliber level, MVP level. So I think that's I, – I like the Colts with Matt Ryan, and I think they are overall better off with him. I mean, unfortunately, Matt Ryan has been with a lot of shit teams. He has to mm-hmm. know how to motivate men, like in any way, shape, or form. He's used to this. He's not one to, like, say, oh, this guy did not run the right route. 
he finds any way possible to try to like boost the other guys around him. And that's one of the nice things about him. But at the age 37 or 38, it's, it's only going to get you so far. Yeah, Matt Ryan is coming too close. Um, If he had come there around the end of Andrew oh God, Luck, he might have looked amazing, awesome. but um, I want to ask fate. you, man. So let me look. Let me do a check real quick because I have a question concerning where – should the Colts be in our power rankings looking forward? I mean, we can't really put too much investment into this assessment because, Honestly? you know, the other games haven't been played. Yeah, so. I have to look where you guys left 27. Because 27. this team so is not that bad. They just bad. beat the Broncos. We have them at 27. They just beat the Broncos. So, like, how do you evaluate them after that? I mean, the play, the teams in front of them are the Jets, Seahawks, Lions, Pats, Honestly. Giants, Saints, Raiders, Cardinals. But I don't. I think the buck stops at. I. Yeah. Right around Saints. Right around Saints. because this team has the talent around them. Like they have random positions that are so elite. That no one can contest with them, but they have positions that are so horrible that, that anybody could beat them. I think they're right around that 20 range at the moment. If Shaq Leonard, Pittman, JT all get healthy at the same time, they figure out that O line and get somewhat of protection from Matt Ryan. This can be a middle of the pack wildcard team, maybe sneak into that like AFC South slot, but. They're not amazing. They're a team that those upper echelon teams should beat, and then the middle of the pack ones, right. they should be expecting to beat every week. But, I mean, as we yeah. saw week one, I mean, this they aren't quite a, there. Like, I've, I've been looking at their schedule, too. Okay. They, they've beaten the Chiefs and the Broncos. They've beaten the Chiefs and the Broncos. It's the AFC South, dude. And they've lost to the Jags. And then who'd they just lose to last week? They... Because they tied the Texans in week one, yep. I know they tied with the Texans, which is the loss. That is the loss in any way, shape, or form. Chad, if you can help us out, anybody's in there. (laughs) Yes, okay. They played the Titans. Yeah, so you lost to the Titans and you lost to the Jags like you had every single season at Jacksonville. Um, They play uh, Jacksonville next week. So at Lucas Oil... Yeah, so they'll beat the fuck at home out of the Jags, at and home. I I do like the Colts' outlook a lot better going forward. If if asterisk for later report for myself, if someone plays in that game, that is probably the most. Yeah, yeah, you're talking about Alan Pierce, right? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, obviously. Definitely, yeah. obviously. Since he um, so up last thing right I want to mention, <clears throat> Alec Pierce was a dog last night. Uh, Michael Pittman was locked up by Sertain. Uh, Sertain locked up Devontae Adams the week before. Uh, Devontae went for, like, six catches, 80 yards. But, like, if you actually watch the game, Sertain had him in lockdown. And Alec Pierce was the beneficiary of Michael Pittman being getting the Sertain matchup. Eventually, Sertain did move over to Alec Pierce because he caught eight catches for 81 yards. Um, This is a guy that... All right, listen. This is the timeline. 
So the Colts bring in Reggie Wayne as their wide receivers coach. They ask for input on what receivers he's interested in drafting. The Colts end up drafting Alec Pierce. So like, Pierce. you gotta be, yeah, you gotta be pretty happy about that. If guy. Reggie Wayne is an Alec Pierce fan and now he's going eight catches, eighty-one yards in his fifth game of his rookie year, like you gotta love that. I just picked him up in our dynasty league. So I feel good about that. The big one. Our four dynasty man or chicken, the so that's the uh, dynasty chicken. Yeah, dude, I'm feeling ooh, good. Ooh, um, that's big time. Think, yeah, I'm almost positive. But I have picked him up in some other leagues uh, just for, you know, rotating season. Le- Wait, no. what? What's the term for that? Not dynasty, but right. Re- oh, redraft. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Redraft. But I have picked him up redraft, in like yeah. three redraft leagues. Do you think Al? Yeah, do you think Al Pierce is worth a waiver wire? Top time. priority. I, th- I don't know about top priority. Maybe like in a week or two, if like you have one of one, like out of ten or twelve in your league, go for it because he is kind of what Matt Ryan looks for—that big body guy to go up and get a. Pittman is a big body guy, but he doesn't run those deep routes. He doesn't have the speed that Pierce does. Pierce was pretty much prototypical go route, fade, anything in that branch of the realm of route trees. He pretty much just goes deep. He goes up. He gets it. That's about all he can do. And Matt Ryan loves that. It's a pretty easy catch radius. And if you're the wide receiver, too, it's the perfect way to do it. The people like Mike Williams of the world Mm -hmm. wish they could consistently do it. (laughs) But Pierce is kind of, he's coming into his own. And he is in the right system to do it alongside Michael Pittman and occasionally Jonathan Taylor in the back. I would place Al Pierce as a top 40, 35 wide receiver going forward. Probably based on matchup. Um, Based on matchup, he probably would fall lower than that. Um, but definitely a top 50 guy for sure. I would definitely keep an eye on him to look to add him on waivers. And the last thing I'll say is that this team, like Michael Pittman going into the year, we were like, okay, the only guy that is going to catch passes this year for the Colts is Michael Pittman. Like, and every team in the NFL realizes that. So he's going to get the doubles. Like he's going to get the doubles if they actually are forced to pass it. And Alec Pierce is going to get work. I feel, dude, yeah. Matt Ryan's not. I mean, they were throwing guy, double though. teams on Pittman That's last the only night. Issue, like <clears throat> they were, but I know you follow Pat McAfee, and I know you heard him say he listed off like four people that he loves to throw to because they're big targets yeah, like and Mo stuff Alley like that. Cox, Jelani Woods, like it's my yeah. <laughs> Who he called Jelani, Jelani Pierce? Woods. He's a dog. <laughs> I mean, he didn't even like Mo Alley. Mo Alley should have had a free touchdown. He was Freak one of my athlete. roommates, but uh, <laughs> it's funny because my roommate bet first touchdown out. on Mo Alley Cox, and a touchdown wasn't scored at all. But it was all Mo Alley was right there, and out Matt Ryan just sails him, dude. <laughs> Fucking sails him. Kane, you look homeless. Thank you, Jaden. That is so nice of you. Um, is that because of my haircut? Uh. I did chop the bush off my head. Um, Thanks for that. 
Do I? Do I actually? I'm I'm interested nice. as to why I look homeless. Uh, drop drop the reason why, Jaden. Just just curious, man. He's yeah, just jealous he's just because jealous he, he had to shave his goatee off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. It. But <laughs> all right, man. <laughs> less less homeless. Oh 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 dude Jaden said you look we need less the homeless thank you man i appreciate that i did look like a homeless person earlier so quick story i went to a kentucky sports industry conference this morning uh coach cal perry was the first speaker uh got there at nine listened to him speak listened to chad sanders speak who used to be a manager of the basketball team is now assistant gm of the raptors i heard him speak and then I was looking at myself in my phone, and I had my mop of a head, like, on, and I was like, nobody is going to give me a job if I have this mop on my head. Like, I'm not, I would not hire myself if I looked like this. Yeah, so literally I left behind in the middle tight, of the conference. I left, like, after Cal Perry was done speaking, there was three more speakers before lunch. There was three more speakers before lunch. I skipped all of them. I skipped all of them. I went to the barber shop. I got it cut in the middle of the conference, and I was back before they uh, they had the uh, networking session. So I was able to like give out my resumes and shit to everybody. But it was a necessity, dude. Like I looked, I guarantee I was definitely homeless. I'll admit it was looking yeah, pretty I mean, shaggy I was before. Certified man. homeless. Um, yeah, we. We have uh, four viewers Sir. now, so welcome in, guys. We were just talking about how uh, my new cut makes me look less oh. like a homeless person. Um, so that's always good news. You look like an exec yeah, now. I appreciate I gotta that, say dude. that. Good looks. Hey, pod, pod, brother on brother love. I love that, dude. <laughs> All right. Dun, 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 drum roll. We are ready to do, and have you heard our little, or my little jingle? We need to definitely put a soundboard together for it. I, I heard but, it last time. <laughs> we are about to dive into do, 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 Mitch's injury report. Do do do. All right, man, take it away. I don't have to read them off for you this time. Let's go. Right before, do I need the lab coat because I can get it? I mean, in two if you seconds. can get it in two seconds, you should probably get the lab coat. Yeah, uh, as you can see here, this is a picture of our highly esteemed uh, Mitchell McDonald. Who's currently, um... Ugh. Here we go. Mr. Medical Man. Very I mean, professional. Is... Dude, explain to everybody, before we hop into this segment, before, like, we do it officially with you for the first time, tell everybody a little bit about your background, so that they know the legitimacy, man. My background... I graduated from Salisbury University with a bachelor's degree in exercise science in a track in allied health. I have worked in cardiac rehab for internship. I have worked as a physical therapy rehabilitation Dog. technician for an Dog. entire year. I've done numerous Dog. papers on the subject, and I am currently enrolled in University of Maryland Eastern Shores Physical Therapy He's a Department. And I'm in my first semester, about to come up on my first anatomy exam, physiology, everything else. I mean, I'm through a lot of the like midterm stuff at the moment, but it's just going to yeah, keep dude. coming, I but mean, I'm here. This guy is I'm the here, expert man. when it comes to this shit. I really do feel like 
actually like well informed when I hear your injury analysis. So take it away, brother. I'm excited. I mean, I learned from the best. I learned from Isaac, who treated you when you broke your arm. It was arm, uh, right? it was a leg in soccer. Broke my femur. Yeah, that shit was leg. crazy. Isaac's a dog, though, man. He's the best. He worked for the Ravens, man. I learned from the best. All right, so I'm going to start a little bit of a homer one. Keenan Allen, hamstring issue. I mean, he strained it week one. And what happened last week, he re-aggravated it after they were trying to take it very precautious with him. But after the age of 30, it's it's a dice roll. Because the second you injure your hamstring in that, it's so likely to get re-injured. And he's just right in the thick of it. I feel like they he might miss the next two weeks, honestly. With re-aggravating it... We're in the thin part of our schedule as the Chargers, but I would not mind him missing the next two weeks. And honestly, I would not be shocked if he missed it. Next up, I have Michael Thomas with the infamous turf toe injury. And as Kane could quote himself with Josh Jacobs from last year, this is nothing to play with. But luckily for Michael Thomas, it's not on the same ankle or foot that he had the injury before. The turf toe injury is on the complete opposite leg of where he had the surgeries that kept him out for two years entirely, pretty much. And realistically, it's not great for him still. I would expect at least a week or two more because turf toe is not something you get over that easily. You're still going to feel it regardless of whether or not you can play through it. He's just not going to look the same. And with the way that Chris Olave and Jarvis Landry have looked, even though Jarvis Landry is dealing with injuries of his own, Michael Thomas's injury does not allow him to cut the way he needs to cut for those slant roots that he is very infamously known for as slant boy. He might be a little bit of an issue for the next few weeks. He might be a buy low candidate in about two weeks because he, if he plays through this, he's not going to look good. I would bench him if I could. I know he's out this week, but next week he's probably not going to look good. Next on my list, Kane's boy. Oh, no. Kyle Pitts. <laughs> Hamstring strain. The team themselves said it's not going to be long-term. I He's already been pulled out of this week's game. It's precautious. They are... Tyler I, was saying very strongly I, I, that I'm this not was supposed to be Kyle Pitts' later, week. But it's not yeah. looking good in the passing game. It is not looking good in the passing game. Because, if anything, the linebackers somewhat neglected, even though they have Devin White, Levante David, but the Tight ends have looked great against them this year, and they're lacking tight ends right now. So this would have been the week for him to break out. I have Rashad Bateman. They just described it as a foot injury. It's likely a midfoot sprain, which could very easily be another week or two on top. Because with that, it's so hard to make your cuts. It's so hard to press off with it. It's a rough week for them to lose him. But you don't want to rush your one good receiver. Like, your one true guy that you have faith in to come right back into the game, like Rashad Bateman. And those midfoot sprains, they can just develop throughout the year. They can get worse and worse. 
if you try to push it into action. And then my next two, I have some very big running backs. Swift. I'm listening. Like I said uh. in the notes last week, like, like I said last week, realistically, at most, another week on top of this. Let's go. Let's go. They are just being – the team has pretty much said they wanted to rest him up because he's got two different lingering issues at the same time with his shoulder and his ankle. Nothing sounded serious from any of the MRI, CTs, anything like that. I think he will be fine after the next week at worst. And if you're stocking him and you have a good record, you're going to work out fine. And if you have Jamal Williams, like the case of Kane Schwartz here, you'll probably make out fine. 12% chance to make the playoffs is not making out fine, but continue. (laughs) You have a glimmering hope. You You have a pretty solid roster all around. It's just waiting for Swift. And then my last guy. I know his team already played last night. But Jonathan Taylor, he is dealing with turf toe. And it's not a high ankle sprain, but it's a regular ankle sprain. And the issue with that is you have to worry about his running mechanisms at that point. Because that turf toe is uncomfortable. And a guy that has not missed practice since high school is going to run differently than what he would have at any level of his professional career or collegiate career before that. It just kind of worries me that the ankle sprain came the week the toe-in came up because he obviously had to have been running slightly differently to leave himself that prone to injury. He's a great player. He has the chance to rebound. He lucked out by it not being a high ankle sprain and rather it being like a lateral, just typical ankle sprain. But he's, he's flirting with disaster there. And I would be very cautious about Jonathan Taylor going forward for this year. Maybe not in the next year if they give him proper rest, but... Oh, that's good. That's a good thing that I don't have to worry about him next year. Like, oh my God, when he's already off my team in redraft leagues. Like, I just traded for Jonathan Taylor and Kyle Pitts in the same trade in one of my other leagues. So, And Godwin. And Godwin. Three injury-riddled guys. So, I mean, I... I tried to warn you guys that the ACL <clears throat> tear leads to a little bit less of full muscle rebuild in that leg. And it was on the same leg where he had the hamstring strain because there's a little bit of atrophy in the muscle and he can't press off the same way. Listen, man. So, I tried. Jaden didn't listen. Like, he's a huge cotton guy. Oh, he bought. His wide receiver one and two was Robinson and Godwin going into the year. And thank God for himself that he was trading But he does. He is stuck with Michael Pittman now. Because he would have been in the gutters. I mean, he's put up two duds. So, I mean, I don't know. He'll he'll be good for the rest of the year. I mean, what am I to talk? I'm going four. Uh, And Jaden nicely... I mean, Pittman doesn't have any massive injuries like the other two. Uh, Jaden nicely mentioned that uh, the only problem is Kane is going four. Uh, yep, mentioned that 12% chance to make the playoffs is not making out fine. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. But Sorry about that, Kane. Yeah, we did. We had some yeah. good weeks last week. We we duped it out, dude. It was like literally we Debo Samuel versus Cooper Cup plus five points, like for me. Like, I needed him to outscore Cooper Cup by five. 
And with the way Matt Stafford the throws, that guy. was... Yeah. You needed two touchdowns but, at minimum. Yeah. That does it for uh, Mitch's injury segment. Oh, Mitch's injury report. I love that, dude. Let's fucking go. <laughs> love to get the insight. Love to have you on for the... Yeah, we got, we got to get a soundboard. We'll I'm out. telling you, that's the next thing to improve this podcast. And maybe getting a PC instead of a laptop that can't necessarily handle streams, but it's making it work in the first place. Yeah, exactly. But there's maybe some other things we need to improve before we get a soundboard for Mitch's injury report, but it's definitely on the list for sure. But love to have you in person for the first time ever to do your segment. Fuck yeah. Successful first time. I'm proud to be here, man. Proud to be here. I mean, I didn't have the high ankle sprains or technical stuff like the Liz Franks, but I had some big names. Oh, which yeah. is always fun mid-season. Uh, well, depending on uh, whether or not you have them in fantasy, uh, it's not might not be fun. Yeah, I mean, Fair I enough. I just Fair love enough. to give the information to other people. Inform. Yeah, we're trying exactly. to give out good information to people. Exactly. We're trying to be We've a got reliable a real podcast here, injury, man. Come on, so, like, we might as well like produce the best info. Anyway, let's hop off the injury report and dive into. This would usually be uh, fantasy rankings, um, but there's only two of us this week, so we're going to simplify it down a little bit. We're going to go back to the old way of doing things, and we're going to hit you with some starts and sits. Yeah. Nice little cute graphic I threw together uh, real fast. But yeah, we're rocking with starts and sits today. So if you haven't been with us uh, last year, um, last year we would give... One quarterback to start, one quarterback to sit, one running back to start, one running back to sit, and then the same thing with the wide receiver position, and then the same thing with the tight end position. So, without further ado, that also seems to be one of my uh, new sayings now, uh, without further ado. Yeah, so if you want to drink to that, feel free. Yeah, feel free. (laughs) Sip. So, uh, I'll go ahead and first, and we'll just rotate, we'll start with the starts, uh, go quarterback, and we'll just rotate, and Rock through it. All right, man. So to start, I have my start of the week at the quarterback position is Mr. Derek Carr, dude. The Raiders, they won their first game last week against a dreadful Broncos team. Um, The Raiders cannot keep losing these division games. I mean, they got to start by winning against the Broncos. But if they lose to the Chiefs and they fall, yeah. I, I didn't you pick them? Yeah. But if the if the Raiders if the Raiders do fall to the Chiefs, they will be one and four and they will have lost another in division game. That cannot mean good things for the Raiders playoff chances. So I've always said it, I feel like Derek Carr is a quarterback if he absolutely needs to can put the team on his back and throw for 50 pass attempts and can win a game by himself. And now he's got Devontae Adams to do it with. He's got Hunter Renfro to do it with. He's got Waller to do it with. And we haven't really seen that offense spark yet. You know, we're just waiting for that. And I think this might be the game, man. This is the Raiders are going to be pissed headed into this game. And the Chiefs, they've allowed the fifth most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks so far this year. So their defense is not faring well against the quarterback in general. So, yeah, I like the matchup. I like the situation. 
Let's go Derek Carr as my start of the week at quarterback. What you got? I do like that because mm. Trent McDuffie's still on IR. And who the hell else is supposed to guard Devontae Adams? There's only a matter of time before he breaks out again, like he did in week one when we were playing Asante and a bunch of backups on him. He's bailing to have a breakout game, and that's why I picked him this week, but my start of the week. Sorry, Kane. Okay. I picked Tom Brady against the Atlanta Falcons. I think the mix of Godwin, I think Julio's back as well, and Mike Evans. They have two good cornerbacks. Nobody else in the secondary can handle what they have to offer. Somebody is bound to break out on that offense. And they're, it's only a, they are ranked 29th against the quarterback, I think, in fantasy rankings. So there's only so long Tom Brady is actually going to be held back by the constrictions of injuries. And I think it's his time to shine. And... As our group chat mentioned, he's pretty good against the spread against the Atlanta Falcons, which he has a plus 10. I've been pretty adamant in saying that I don't think that this Tom Brady is the same Tom Brady that we've seen, but I mean, he hasn't played with a fully. Yeah, yeah, obviously. But like, I mean, even what we saw last year, (laughs) that's what I'm saying. Like, he's not the same Tom Brady. Like, might be done, can't hack it. I don't know. I don't want to say that about Tom Brady, but he does get all his weapons back this week, so I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I do it. We can Tom Brady can have a nice fantasy game while the Falcons still win, you know? Like it's possible. <laughs> I don't know about that. They're down uh their top receiving well, threat no. probably and their top rushing threat. It's looking rough on offense, and that is a great defense they're up against. It's looking more and more uh, like Jayden that says plus Chris 10 Godwin might hit. will likely be guarded by former CFLer D. Alford. So that means good things for Chris Godwin. Yeah. That so, slot spot, yeah. That gives me some optimism after I traded for him. As <clears> long <throat> as his hamstring yeah, doesn't I mean, do as, literally, as I'm saying, that gives me optimism. You're like, yeah, if his hamstring doesn't blow out. <laughs> Jeez, man. I mean, it's on the same leg. As his yeah, ACL injury, I mean, I, of course, it's not I'm, as strong. Take your words the gospel, dude. <laughs> I haven't been wildly optimistic for Godwin this year. I mean, I was drafting him early, and then the first week happened, I and I was like, it's, all right, he's done. There's still <laughs> a lot of season to play, but, I mean, we have seen a decent amount of Chris Godwin getting injured so far. But, anyway, let's move on to the running back position at the starts. And for my start at running back this week, I have Mr. Damian Pierce. Uh, Pierce really had his uh, had his breakout week last week, dude. Um, I mean, he has had flurry flashes at times, but he really broke through last week. Um, and in that game, he did have six catches. So, if he can get more involved in the receiving game, is it a trend? Is it a trend? Because if it is a trend. The Jags have allowed the fifth most points per game allowed to running backs overall. So no matter what Damian Pierce does, he's got a good matchup. <laughs> yeah, I bet we're I mean, higher. The Chargers. <laughs> That's been the story with you guys forever. The fucking running zone game. runs were were screwed. Zone runs, you run to one of the edge rushers. We're good. You're good. But the Jags now have allowed the, the fifth out, most fantasy good. points per game to running backs in general, and they've allowed the third most catches to running backs. So. 
Damian Pierce, he should be slotted to get some more receiving work as we're starting to see that become a trend as the season moves forward. And he's been a dog in the ground game between the tackles already. So, yeah, I like Damian Pierce. It's my start of the week at running back. What you got, brother? And while you do that, I'm going to use the I got a, like, one big Oh, you're good. I've got one major concern with the receiving threat. It's that Rex Burkhead still exists, and Lovey Smith seems to want to play him. And they have amazing linebackers in Jacksonville. Devin Lloyd, you have Luakon, and you have Muma. They're going to have great linebackers at the ready to defend the pass. You're going to get no yards. You're hoping for, at best, a catch in little no yards, which is kind of rough to bet on. And then last week against the Chargers, Damian Pierce had a 75-yard rushing touchdown. That was the majority of his points. That's 13.5 points right there, depending on whether or not your league gives you incentives for a 40-yard rush or a 40-yard rushing touchdown. He was so dependent on one broken rushing play. It's ridiculous. And the fact that he got so many receiving yards was just that they were so desperate and down 20 points at halftime that he was getting the receptions. I think Burkhead is definitely their receiving them back. I feel like Pierce gave a lot of people false hope for him to dump him high. Because we have given up over a 40-yard rushing touchdown on a zone, random zone run in back-to-back weeks. It happens to us. But I think Burkhead would have gotten more receiving work if it was a closer game. Pierce was just in because they thought he had the more explosive factor. Have you just Burkhead been shitting on my start of the week since I've been gone? Up like just five been, to like, ten. Unloading. <laughs> I have. I've been waiting to put in the guy you traded to me last week yeah, fair enough. for my start of the week. Um, I was going to read. Yeah, go ahead. I, start of the week, Alvin Kamara against the Seattle Seahawks because the Seahawks have a horrible run defense. They have Shelby Harris on the defensive line and Boye Mafe. That's about the only recognizable names they have, and Boye is solely a pass rusher. Him and Uchenna on the other side, pass rusher. They're not good against the run. They're going to have their way, and I think Alvin Kamara has dealt with his rib injury long enough that the injections can get him through whatever he needs to. They left it so he could recover last week, I think, against the Vikings. And unfortunately, I think it bit him in the butt. If they had just put that injection in and let him play, opposed to, like, Mark Ingram or Latavius Murray, that team would have been... They they probably would have won that game, realistically. But now that he's going to be in against one of the worst rushing defenses in the league, I think he's got a chance to boom big time. And... It's right at the point when people have lost a ton of optimism in Alvin Kamara, who's been one of the steadiest guys I in the league over the past four Kamara, years. Like, I mean, also, you have Andy Dalton starting at quarterback this week. Uh, Jameis Winston. Yeah. Yeah. Jameis Winston has proved big time. as the quarterback, he does not like to dish it off to Al- Alvin Kamara because that's not what Jameis Winston does. He throws it downfield because he's got a cannon. Yeah. Unless Peyton's mm-hmm. forcing him to. And Peyton's now there. they have Andy Dalton in there, who's much more likely to check down to an Alvin Kamara. So if Andy Dalton is the starter going forward, it could mean if you can buy Alvin Kamara before Sunday, go for it. 
Yes, this is the absolute. This low is the point low point. For point. Sure. This is all the right, low point. Let's move on to. Oh, let me read these uh, comments real quick from all Jaden Kozak. Uh, he said, "Mitchell, stop oh. putting that at. Stop putting that energy out." Uh, when we were talking about Godwin, um, getting injured. And then he said, Mitchell, that was such a great joke while monologuing. You are so funny. You will be an excellent stand-up comedian. <laughs> I, I just strive to be like you, Jaden, because my joke was not as good as your... What was it, a knock-knock joke? Hey, I don't even remember. Jaden didn't horrible. tell a joke, so a joke's a joke. Yeah. He tried. And, and then he says, Pep Hamilton said he wants more balance in the RB room. So that's definitely something to note for sure. I mean, Pep <laughs> Hamilton almost ruined Sheesh. the Chargers. So. All right, let's dive into our wide receiver starts of the week. And for my start of the week at wide receiver, I have my very own Scary Terry McLaurin, dude. So, I mean, it's no secret. Yeah, let's go, man. Let's go. Um, let's go. No, no good corners. No good corners. Um, Let's go. He's been somewhat disappointing so far this year, for sure, especially compared to expectations. Um, but we do have to take all of the context in. So, he played Diggs last week, Trayvon. He has never had over 40 yards receiving against Trayvon Diggs in his career so far. Yeah. So, he locked him up. It's happened every time he's played him. It is what it is. And then week three... He had the Darius Slay James Bradbury matchup. <coughs> um Yeah, and they shut down Justin Jefferson pretty efficiently, Darius Slay specifically. Um those are two yeah, those are two really tough matchups. Okay. And despite that, he still had double digits performances in three of four games so far this year. So you gotta be happy with that. And that's the floor for Terry, dude. Like that's this is the worst that he'll play all season. So if you're looking to add some nice value at this point in the season, and obviously I'm a homer, but I mean, yeah, realistically, that's about the only guy who is going to solo mm -hmm. him because they have three good receivers, and Diggs honestly probably takes it as a personal challenge yeah, that he's exactly. one of the better is, receivers in the division. Sure. Um, but yeah, I feel great about Terry McLaurin this week. We're up against the Titans, who have allowed the fourth most fantasy points per game to wide receivers. Um, I think we're gonna get up early in this game, and once we get up early, yeah, it's. Uh, I think we're gonna get up early, and Derrick Henry's gonna be taken out of the game. Well, you know what? Going something. Never mind. Who's your wide receivers? Yeah. Who's your uh, wide receivers? He'll be in the game after. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're both going kind of homer picks because I picked Mike Williams. I think that ooh, Denzel Ward dealing with a rib injury right now, he's not going to be able to extend up the way he needs to. And I, th I think that Mike Williams is going to be open to jump balls. Herbert is feeling fine slinging it again, which is amazing to see because I thought our season was entirely over. When I saw him get clocked right in the ribs, I shed a tear that night. It was a rough time, but I think Mike's finding his way, and I think Justin's finding his way, and he's feeling good again because he's been a full participant all week in practice. He's not limited at all anymore. I think he's going to be able to put it where he wants to, where only Mike can get it. And that secondary, 
as hyped up as they've been, they've been one of the worst in the league so far. <laughs> With all the names they have, John Johnson, you have Denzel Ward, you have that was supposed Greedy to be Williams a Super Bowl coming defense, off IR you know, now. Like it's, I don't. Like, they've just consistently let down. Granted, Jadavion Clowney might not play again, and Miles Garrett is going to be a little banged up from that car accident still, but. I mean, last week, it made sense why they lost. They were throwing out fifth and sixth rounders to pass rush. <laughs> but this week, they have no excuse if Miles Garrett plays. And I, I think that Mike Williams is going to be able to burn him over the top because those safeties, while they might be notable names, they're notable because of about mm-hmm. three years ago. Damn, really they're taking not some uh, home run hacks at the starts. You got Alvin Kamara and then Mike Williams. <laughs> I mean, Mike Williams is so boom bust. I'm going to seem like a genius. And it's playing because he's going to score Keenan 40 play, or He goes nothing. off every time. One or, one or the other. Yeah. I, I like, like that Kamara because people be might start considering he's gonna get a him at this point, like from what he's done so far. Exactly, exactly. Or trading him for like next to nothing. I like that one. So. You caught him right before he was at his bottom. All right, let's move on to the <laughs> uh, the tie end opposition. And at the start of the week for myself, I've got ooh, comments real quick. Hold on. I'll leave you in suspense on my tight end. Uh, Jaden said he's not your very own when I was talking about Terry McLaurin because he has him on his team at Duck League. Uh, you're a bastard. That's straight up disrespectful, man. <laughs> I don't have Mike Williams either. Yeah. I wouldn't rely on such <laughs> I a like bus player either. He's always been. <laughs> I love him. Fair enough. But I would never too roster. Too much Tyler Lockett enough. Uh, then he says, real deep sleepers there, Mitchell. Where did yes. you find these guys? God, he's just throwing all his fucking negativity. Real deep sleepers? Come on, I got a 50-50 shot, and you have written off Alvin Kamara. You personally told me he was, like, below RB15 <laughs> for you. So get out of here, Jaden. You were trying to offer me, like, freaking nobodies. Like definitive RB twos for Alvin Kamara when he's been a consistent RB one. I don't want to hear it. Love to hear your piece. All right, my tight end start of the week is Mister Dallas Goddard, tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles. And dude, he has really. I would not be surprised if he finishes as a top three or four tight end this year. Uh, Kelsey and Andrews are locked in for two. Um, me and Tyler talked about it last week. I mean, one, one and two, Kelsey, Andrews, and then everything else is going to be within, like, two and a half points. Like, all the other tight ends are going to be, there's going to be such a far drop-off, and they're going to all be within, like, two and a half points of each other. And... It's going to be like Dalton Schultz randomly finishing at four last year. There's going to be some guy who randomly... Due to injuries and game plan, it's going to end up just getting pushed to the top five. Unfortunately, that's Gerald Everett oh, right dude, now because Gerald no Everett, one else is good in our offense. We were talking about him last week, too, or on last episode. He's got some serious breaking yeah. tackle abilities. So uh, but yeah, I'm I love Dallas Goddard this week. Um, he's had three straight double-digit performances, which you got to love out of a tight end. That's very hard to find. Um, you Usually nowadays with tight ends, you're happy with like eight points a game. 
you know, by putting up three. Yeah, exactly. Like but putting double over double-digit points that. up in three straight weeks is an awesome sign. He's third in targets on the team, obviously behind A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, but he's only seven targets behind Devontae Smith, so he's definitely super involved just as much as those guys. And they're going up against the Cardinals this week, who it's no secret that they've been absolutely dog shit terrible so far this year. Um, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And they've allowed second the second most points per game to fantasy tight ends so far this year. So I love the matchup. I love Dallas Goddard for the rest of the season. He's a dog. Start him. What you got, man? I love Goddard. I love Goddard. He's one of the better ones that I had this week. But I, I kind of went like my trend, boom bust potential. Because I think Hayden Hurst might have the chance to break out for the Bengals because everybody and their mother has been devoting so much attention to Jamar Chase. He had over 200 yards against the Ravens last year, and he destroyed them more than once. He made them look bad. They are going to devote everything to him, and I think it's going to end up being Patrick Queen against him. And Patrick Queen is not amazing in coverage. I think Hayden Hurst could at least escape with, like, a touchdown, little no yards, and you'll be safe. And if not, he's going to get a ton of catches because they're going to be so devoted to T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, that they're just going to ignore the fourth true receiving option of that team, other than Mixon out of backfield. But Mixon's been kind of iffy. I think oh, yeah. Hurst has that. a chance to that's, break out. That's a game. nice and spicy one. Congratulations on throwing a spicy one. Yeah. Sure. That is a very sure. cheap DFS one, too. Because I picked him in I mean, with Uzama being so effective last up. year, like, why wouldn't Hayden Hurst be good? Yeah. Exactly. Hurst is better. Hurst is better than him. Uzama guy. sucks. He's a better blocker. He's the, a better receiver. This year. Both like, aspects. He's trash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Conklin's shown out, and then Uzama's done nothing except bang yeah, exactly. one of the NFL uh, Network reporters. <laughs> K, yeah, K Adams, yep. Anyway, yeah. let's hop into our uh, sits of the week. Yeah, let's hop into our uh, sits <laughs> of the week topic. for fantasy. And uh, we'll start with the quarterback position. And for my sit of the week among the quarterbacks, I have Matthew Stafford, dude. Me and Tyler were talking about it last week or on the last episode. Pretty good one. He did not look like Matt Stafford against the 49ers. He literally is throwing the ball to one guy, and that is Cooper Cup. Any other target that he's throwing to, for the most part, he's either off target or maybe catches a catch like here and there. But Cooper Cup is the guy that he's throwing to. You hate to see that, but. Throws that Stafford would usually make, he's not making this year. And we were talking, right? We were talking, we were talking a lot about before the season. I mean, as baseball, like as a baseball-minded person, I hear Tommy John and it makes me like shrivel. Like it makes me like cringe. And that's the what was being thrown around with Matthew Stafford before the season. Like, oh, it's no big deal. He just had, like, similar to Tommy John with pitchers. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, some guys don't come back from Tommy John the same way. Like, and 
he's back and he's not looking like the same Matthew Stafford. So season long, I don't like it. And he's going up against Cowboys defense that has allowed the seventh least fantasy points per game to quarterback so far this year. So I don't like the matchup. Stafford doesn't look like Matthew Stafford right now. I really think that might be something up with the elbow. Sit Matthew Stafford this week if you can. What you got, brother? Personally, with Stafford, I think the issue with him is a complete lack of a wide receiver, too, because Robinson, I thought he would come back strong. I mean, he's been open, but the extent of his routes are curls. Like, he's not shifty. He doesn't have the speed. He doesn't have the acceleration. He doesn't have the agility. He does not show the true aspects that, like, Odell was showing late last year. I kind of worry that they wasted a ton of money on Allen Robinson and that Stafford just hadn't been able to find that group, but he's looked off still, regardless. Same way Russell Wilson's looked off. But my quarterback sit of the week, Kyler Murray. Simple as that. He has a shit offensive line, and that defensive line he's going against in Philly, well, in Arizona against Philly, where they're horrible in Arizona, is going to eat that offensive line alive. They are horrible. The linebackers aren't great, but they can still blitz. And I I just don't see him being able to produce with pretty much just Hollywood Brown and Ertz. Because you have two guys to defend, yeah, exactly. and then just hope Rodell Moore Greg Dorch I mean, isn't amazing. He's been kind of a disappointment so far since he came back from injury. So eh, that nothing's going good in Arizona right now. So yeah, I like that set of the week for Kyler. And dude, he might finish outside like the top like seven, eight at the he quarterback position. I, him and Stafford are going to be like. Back oh, to back, dude, like 15. fifteen range, probably. Hell, that would be terrible. Realistically, if you really spent some. Granted, Russ just put up less than ten, which is <laughs> my norm for quarterbacks in Duck League. All right, let's move on uh, to the running back position, and for my sit at the week for the running backs, I have King Derek Henry as my sit of the week, and obviously, yeah. Oh. Yeah, Chase comes back this week, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. So Chase comes back this week. And this is a commander's defense that, despite popular belief, they are pretty good against the run. They have allowed the six least fantasy points to running back so far this year. you got to love to see that. And I think this is a game that's going to – I mean, Derrick Henry, obviously, if you have Derrick Henry, you're probably not going to sit him. But if you do have a better option, I definitely would look that way because I think how this game is going to turn out, and you guys all disagree with me, which is fine. I'm a homer. That's what it is. Can't get that out of my brain, but got to go with it. The Commanders, I think they're going to get up early. This offense is more electric than the Titans offense. And if if we do get up early by like two touchdowns, that writes Derrick Henry out of the game script. For the most part. And that has happened in games so far this year. These past two games, the Titans have gotten out to a hot start. And they've been able to get Derrick Henry on the ground consistently. Develop the run game. But if they get down early, Tannehill's going to be forced to throw the ball. And we've seen Derrick Henry getting written out of the game script so far this year. Multiple times. Because Tannehill's had to throw the ball to win the game. 
So that's my that's my sit of the week, but take it with caution for sure. Yeah, take it with caution. That's a bold one. That's a bold one. Yeah. I mean, he's either yeah. gonna score nothing mm-hmm. or score a ton. Leaning towards Henry. nothing this week. So we'll see. And I'm going to apologize to Jaden Kozak in advance because he already told me that I am not picking very spicy picks. Well, fuck you. Najee Harris, sit of the week, because he's facing the best front seven in the league. There's no way he's going to be good. If they're going to have any production, it's going to be to the outside, because Trey White, I have not seen whether or not he's actually going to be back this week or not. That's the only guy you have to worry about. Him or Jordan Poyer. That's all they have in the secondary, yet this team is so well organized in the secondary that they've been playing well, but that front seven, steady. I don't think Najee is going to be the guy to put up any fantasy points on this offense. If anybody, it's going to be Pickens, it's going to be Deontay, it's not going to be Najee. Nobody coming out. You don't of the think that Kenny is might be good in this game for them. Off the running back a little bit more, given that he's just getting started. I mean, if he scores points, it's going to be on like five yards for five catches. I don't unless Najee shows that breaking tackle ability to the next, next level, because he's going to be facing the likes of Matt Milano, Gregor Rousseau, Von Miller. It's going to be hard to shed the tackles unless he is WAO. Like, they have to completely neglect him on the play for him to not put up yards. I don't think he's going to put up much points. He's going to disappoint, and unfortunately... It's seeming yeah, like he's sure. been doing and that a lot lately. Jaden actually chimes in on your point and agrees with you. He says Najee and Pat Fryermuth would be sits for me. Pretty rough week. Did he look at my <laughs> sheets? I bet. I bet. <laughs> because I bet he did, that's dude. a spoiler Come for on, later. Man. Oh, the, yeah. He was. He's scheming. He's scheming. He's cheat cheating me, uh, trying to. Take he also my said, vibe uh, "Have this. the Commanders had any fourteen-point leads though?" Um, yeah, no, it's only four okay. weeks into the season. They yeah. look good against the Jags, and they weren't the Jags up to... have been good. Yeah, like, we didn't get up Take that with 14 a grain of salt, on the Jags, but... we played pretty close the whole game, but it's only four weeks into the season, so. Uh, Jaden said he actually didn't look at your picks, um, he spoiled it, but might as well do the, uh, tight ends first, man, before we hop into the wide receivers. Take it away on Mr. Muth. Yeah, take it on Mr. Muth. I'll just go ahead then. I said Mr. Muth not going to do well because they have good linebackers yet again. Matt Milano, best linebacker in the league according to PFF so far. It just does not seem like the week for anybody up the middle to do well on this team because that front seven is the identity of the Bills at this point. They have Jordan Poyer and maybe Trey White left in the secondary because they have already lost Micah Hyde for the year and they've had so many injuries at quarterback that whoever the CB2 is, if Trey White is shadowing the wide receiver one, Deontay's out of the equation, but otherwise somebody else on the outside is going to do well and then the linebackers are going to cover anything up the middle. So whoever's on the weak side might have a chance to break out and that's about it. I don't 
That mm. plus 14 for the Steelers is kind of looking rough, unfortunately, because the Bills are a team that are yeah. meant to win it's by more than 14. a touchdown. Oh, fuck. That is a spread right there. Yeah, that is a spread. It's rough. Oh, jeez. First time in That's Steelers terrible. history, I think. My condolences. Like, the only team that ever be uh, like that. But yeah, that's a solid, uh, solid sit for the week. Muth's got a tough matchup. But Dalton Schultz also has a pretty tough Rough. matchup this week. Uh, he's headed up against the Rams, who have allowed the least points per game to a tight end so far this year. And Dalton Schultz, in his return from injury last week with a new quarterback at the helm in Cooper Rush, did not look that great. He had three targets and zero catches in his return. Um, Cooper Rush, we have yet to see what this offense looks like with Dalton Schultz and Cooper Rush. So, is he really a Dalton Schultz guy? Yeah, go for it, dude. Go for it. Let me throw this on for uh, some Dalton Schultz. He's kind of dealing with the same thing mm. Zeke was dealing with last year, but at tight end. He had a PCL strain, or sprain, and ligament. And Zeke looked horrible after that i obviously they're not going to do surgery on it because honestly the pcl is the least important ligament of the four of the knee but it's going to linger he's not going to look the way he was and thank god <laughs> dynasty i traded him off why it's a guys i'm already doing accounting homework please stop <laughs> uh no we're gonna keep going all right uh at the wide receiver position our sits for the week. I'll go ahead with mine first, and I have a Mr. Romeo Dubs at the sit this week, and I've been praising the good word of Romeo Dubs all season. You love him. I, he is your hype. Oh yeah, and Alan Lazard's hype man hype for man sure. Too. Like the Green Bay wide receivers. I've said it before. If I'm taking, if I'm putting a blindfold on and throwing a dart at whatever wide receiver might catch 10 touchdowns and 1,000 yards this year for Aaron Rodgers, because it's going to be somebody, I'm happy doing that. And I think it's going to be either one of Romeo Dobbs or Alan Lazard. I think it's going to be Romeo Dobbs overall, but this week I think it's going to be a little rough because he had some miscues last week. He was trusted in some big situations, and even though Rodgers came out and said, obviously I'm going to keep going to him in those situations, I mean, you did you did see it unfold, you know, you saw it happen. So obviously that's going to be on your mind if you're Aaron Rodgers. Um, and the Giants, they're a tough matchup. They have allowed the least points per game so far to wide receivers in fantasy, uh, thanks to Don Wink Martindale, who's running a hell of an operation over there. You worried about Landon Collins <laughs> be dope, being signed actually. there or I want no? to see Landon. Oh, what? He did. Let's go, man. Welcome back. Linebacker slash linebacker. Yeah, linebacker slash linebacker, Landon Collins. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Romeo Dubs is my sit this week because of the tough matchup. And I feel like Rodgers, if he can't get the ball to his receivers because of the good secondary play, he's going to go to his most trusted guy, and that's going to be Aaron Jones out of the backfield. We saw it multiple times last year. In games that he can't seem to get it to a wide receiver, he will dump it off the entire game. He did it against Chicago last year in a rough situation. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I like um, 
I like Romeo Dobbs to put on the bench this week. I like Lazard. If you're going to go somebody, go Lazard because I feel like he's going to be looking for his most reliable targets this week, and that's Lazard and Aaron Jones. So, yeah. What you got, brother? My shit of the week. I picked Tyreek Hill because I feel like that Jets secondary is legit. You got Sauce Gardner and you got DJ Reed. They're going to devote everything they have to Tyreek Hill, regardless of which side of the field he's on. He might be able to break off like four catches, 50 yards, but I don't think he's going to have one of those signature Tyreek weeks because they're going to put everything on him. They're willing to let Jalen Waddle have his underneath routes, but Tyreek Hill is going to be priority number one for this team. Because even Teddy Bridgewater could hit him 60 yards in stride, unlike Tua. They're going to be prepared for Tyreek. Jalen, on the other hand, he might be a sneaky start of the week, but I think Tyreek is going to be their number one priority, and he is going to Jayden also get said, is he nursing a quad injury right now, Tyreek? Yeah, so. He, a little that's... bit, a little bit, from what I saw. Granted, Tyreek Hill freak athlete he could probably work through a lot of stuff it's just a matter of if he has that elite elite or elite he can go out there and be a decoy and waddle can go for 200 yards and two touchdowns if he wanted to you know so all right man well that does it for our uh, starts and sits for the week like to see that content like to see the return of starts and sits too love it all right yeah Exactly, exactly. It gives it on-the-nose information. You know, it gives you exactly what you need to know. I fucks with it. And definitely not as time-consuming, for sure. But, all right, let's move on. Yeah. And we are going to dive into our Week 5 picks. And we have all of the picks displayed up here. We have all of the picks on Instagram. So, if you want to tail some of us, go ahead and do that. Um, but... We are only going to be covering our favorite headliner games in this one and our favorite spread picks this week, um, just for the sake of time. But yeah, check out all of our picks there. Nice start to the week for me, one and one. Love to see that. Good thing I even sent it in like sure, early in the first sure. quarter. I was like, yeah. I'll take Indy, like because we didn't put our picks in yet, dude. In my heart, I was hoping for Indy. But I picked Denver anyway, expecting complete letdown because they've sucked the only this year. Thing, like, I was so that glad had to me see questioning. That. It was like mile high, but I'm glad that I went Indy overall. All right, so I'll go ahead and start with my headliner, shall we? And that is the Bengals playing at the Ravens this week on Sunday Night Football. Uh, probably. I mean, that Chiefs-Bucks game was kind of a blowout. This is probably going to be the best Sunday night football matchup so far this year. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, if it looks like any of the Bengals-Ravens game from last year, it might not be. It might be great if you're uh, Sam Coleman, who might tune into this tomorrow morning. But otherwise, it... It looks yeah. like, on paper, it should be a yeah. great matchup. I mean, in the past, but we'll see. Uh, as in last year, the Bengals have toasted the Ravens and their secondary. And the spread for this game is minus three and a half. 
and let me go ahead and list off some of the things to watch in this game and we already talked about it how can this raven secondary hold up against the likes of jamar chase and t higgins after getting dominated last year uh Jaden will be in attendance at this game which is pretty sweet we'll have two Blitzbob members going to two nfl games this week nice. there better be a shit ton of stuff on the story man oh yeah well i mean we got a clean mm-hmm. sweep on the other one so hopefully the bears don't be the vikings because <laughs> that would be depressing uh but yeah how can this raven secondary hold up in this game against t higgins to jamar chase who toasted them last year uh, the Ravens, they have not had a great start to the year on the defensive side of the ball. Um, this is their, their last week against the Bills. They blew their second double-digit lead of the season. Uh, they led Miami by 21 points at halftime, and they led Buffalo by 17 points at one point in the second half last week. They are worst, worst in passing yards per game allowed at 315.2 a whole 15 yards per game more than the next closest defense which is fucking ridiculous um here's one thing that i threw in the uh, interest i dove into stat muse for this one i don't know who will find this interesting i thought it was pretty cool um yeah. <laughs> even though the game happened like two weeks ago doesn't matter though you still got very similar competition on the wide receiver side that you're going up against that's why i put it in but yeah so against miami uh the raven secondary allowed 11 catches more than 170 yards and two touchdowns each to waddle and tyreek hill there's only been 50 instances 50 games where one wide receiver has had at least 11 catches, more than 170 yards, and two touchdowns in a game since 1996. That's only happened 50 times for one player since 1996. Two teammates have never done it both in the same game in NFL history. That's the first time ever. So I don't remember that getting thrown out a lot. I don't think we appreciated that being the first time that's happened in NFL yeah. history. But, I mean, if that's anything, what Sunday is going to look like for the Ravens secondary, no fucking bueno. They're going up against Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, as I mentioned. Um, last year, uh, well, last year, Jamar Chase's rookie year up until this point, there's been 11 games where at least one of them went, went for 100 yards that's most by any wide receiver duo in that span so this is the toughest matchup arguably that they're going to face so far this year at the wide receiver position Watt on hill was a hell of a matchup but this is going to be serious next thing to watch yeah go ahead you got something to say i feel like the biggest concern the biggest decision factor in this is where they put Kyle Hamilton because they finally have Peters and they finally have Humphrey at the same exact time and there's no excuses at this point because that secondary was like definitively ranked top five the past two years in preseason. It's just a matter of how they actually defend it because they have all the talent in the world. There's no excuses anymore. I know they have injuries, but... There's no reason why they should not be able to defend this, especially if they just rush for, because that's Burrow's weakness. 
if you leave Patrick Queen in the middle of the field, spy on Mixon, and then you drop back Hamilton into coverage. Yeah, hundred percent. There should be no excuses. Why did they this get this team? Rid should of be able to defend. Makes the pass. no sense. No sense. Why did they keep Roman and get rid of Wink? Because Roman is. I mean, nobody can run the ball in this offense. J.K. looked solid last week, granted, mm-hmm. but they couldn't do anything. And with an offense of Lamar Jackson, yeah. you should That's be able to run with anybody. Speaking of Lamar There's Jackson, no he looks to put another notch on his MVP campaign so far this year. He looks to beat the team that beat the fuck out of him last year, the defending AFC North and overall AFC champs. So that would be... Huge storyline for an MVP campaign. Um, Right now, he's sitting at plus 550 to win the MVP, which is the third best odds among all candidates. Um, I found this absolutely fucking bizarre. So, silently, Lamar Jackson has had more than 70 rushing yards and at least 18 completions in three straight games. And off the top of the head, that's like, okay, that's something crazy. Like, that's Lamar Jackson. You know, like he can... Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, Ridiculous. for Lamar Jackson, like you think, like, oh, he's probably doing that every game. He's done that in three straight games. He is the first quarterback in NFL history to do that in three straight games, silently. So he's already doing stuff that quarterbacks have never done. He has two monster performances in his repertoire so far this year. I mean, over forty fantasy points. So. He could really make his case for MVP in this game. Uh, last thing to watch for me, and it's kind of a smaller thing, uh, who's really going to be the number two option in Baltimore going forward? Because it's kind of been leaning between, yeah, it's kind of been leaning between Bateman Andrews. and Duvernay. We can't really figure out who it is. Mark Andrews, yeah. With well, Bateman out this year. No, yeah. I mean, with Bateman week, out this week, year, you sure. definitely like to see a solid performance for DuVernay definitely go out and add him if you need a wide receiver spot start um but yeah so behind Mark Andrews who leads the team in both targets and catches uh Bateman is the second most in targets on the team with 22 but DuVernay leads the team in catches with 12 and touchdowns with three so it's pretty evenly matched as far as production goes between Bateman and DuVernay so it'll be interesting to see if Bateman doesn't play, if Duvernay steps up, if Bateman does play, who's going to be that guy going forward. We still haven't figured it out, so that'll be interesting. Uh, last thing, Baden says, problem in Baltimore is they've got two guys with 80-plus PFF grades and everyone else in the CB room is sub-40. They don't typically shadow corners over number one wide receiver. Okay, fair enough. All right, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they got two of them. Throwing that shit out the window nowadays. I, like, it's already an irrelevant. It's already irrelevant. I feel it works like. in some yeah, spots. Yeah, it works in some spots. For sure. Like, yeah, PFF passer rating and shit like that. I, I'm with that. Pass yeah. rush if, rating. I mean, obviously, PFF stuff like that. Of the game, but overall, PFF grade, I'm not sold on it anymore. But yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's the shit to watch in the uh, Bengals Ravens game. On Sunday night football should be a solid show. But take it away, man. What you got as your uh, headliner of the week? 
I was torn between Chargers at Browns and Raiders at Chiefs, but I feel like the Raiders at the Chiefs has more implications. And quite honestly, I think this might be the game where Derek Carr starts to figure it out. They aren't with that same Gus Bradley defense that Patrick Mahomes can just scorch like it's nothing because they just play straight cover three. Granted, the Colts beat him earlier this year. They proved it wrong. He proved it wrong that he can't just scorch that defense, but it's a lot different of an offense than what he had. I think they're still running somewhat of the roots of what they had from last year in this offense with Devontae Adams. Who in the hell is going to guard him in that secondary? You can't expect Justin Reed to be able to guard him because he's the only guy worth a damn in that secondary, pretty much. They have a bunch of guys that you would be content starting at CB2, but that's not guys good enough for Devontae Adams. I feel like this just might be the week that they finally start clicking enough for Devontae Adams to be the reason why they win. And not just some random statistic like in this Chargers game where they just let him do what he wanted and shut down everybody else. And that offensive line, while they are one of the, like, you you don't see a true weak spot, I think Orlando Brown might have issues against the likes of just Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones, and if they happen to switch Max Crosby over, which he doesn't do much, but if he's against George Niang, no, George Nian <laughs> can't handle Max Crosby. I think he might face a lot of pressure from the edges. And in that Chargers game when we had Mac and Bosa, he should he got away with a lot more than he should have because there were a lot of picks that got called away. He had three interceptions called back. And he he just did not look like Patrick Mahomes that we're used to. If you have a true pass rush from the outsides. While he's a good athlete, he's not good enough to get away from elite edge rushers, which they have on both sides. I just kind of worried that this might be the week that they get caught I like slipping. It. I do like it in a the lot. AFC I think West. the Chiefs this week, but I could definitely see the Raiders coming out on top. I mean, I mentioned it earlier, Derek Carr's my start of the week. If there is a must-win game ever, this is a must-win game. This is a must-win game for the Raiders. If this. They're out of the division. Yes, exactly. They, they have so many. They've had so many division matchups already, and like they need to walk away with this as a win. But going into Arrowhead, it'll be tough. But I do like Derek yeah. Carr this week against the Chiefs defense. Like Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfrew. I do like the offense to have a solid day for sure. So at least Raiders spread in this one for me, hundred percent. So. All right, man. Well, we want to uh, give our spread alerts real quick and then uh, sign it off. Fuck yeah. Okay. So yeah, let's go for it. Got a lot of uh, hate for this one. Um, but my spread alert this week is uh, Falcons yeah. at Bucks. I'm going the Falcons plus 10. It's That's so many points. That That's a lot of points. And I do have a feeling that this... And this is going to sound stupid. I do have a thing, a feeling that this divorce lawyer thing is not going to bode well for Tom Brady. I, he took off three weeks in the middle of training camp to try to fix this marriage. And now he's just getting a divorce lawyer and calling it quits. Like, I think he might be a little distracted. We might not see the same Tom Brady we're used to. And if we weren't clear by our last episode, Falcons are fucking balling right now. So... 
I don't like what I've seen from the Bucks so far. And I do like what I've seen from the Texan or from the Falcons. So I have them to win this week, but I'll definitely at least go the spread. Um, no Cordero in this game, which should definitely be concerned, but I do have a lot of faith in Tyler Algier. He was one of the lead backs last year in college football. Uh, BYU stud. So, yeah, I like it. This nice. uh, the offensive nice. line really for the Falcons is what has created this rushing surgence from the offense. Yeah, they've exactly. only had good right. run blocking grades. Yeah, they literally <laughs> no like, good pass blocking grades because all they do is effectively is run and yes, and they go forward they or the they go on this Bucks defense. <laughs> like they've been doing, they should definitely manage to keep it. Under 10. So, I like it. I like it. What you got, bro? And I, with that, I'm going to take the Bucks plus 10. No, not seriously. But <laughs> I'm going to take the Chargers are uh, minus 2.5. I feel like if they win this game, it's got to be by more than the field goal. Because if we're going to beat the Browns, we're going to beat them by a lot. Because they're going to be either forced to pass or they're going to run the entire game. And while we have probably on paper one of the worst yards per carry attempts, it's been like three runs that have made that up. We've been very good up the middle, and unless they do outside runs, I think we're going to be fine. And Nick Chubb's not necessarily an outside guy. He's got that bullish type run, and they have one of the better... They have one of... One of the best offensive lines for run blocking, but I think we're going to scheme seven in the box. And if J.C. Jackson is feeling up to par, Amari Cooper's not going to be a threat. And if Asante's against the even if Asante two, is I think up we'll against Amari, secondary. like even we if can Asante stack the box all like day and hope against Amari. Sometimes, like I feel confident about that. Honestly, I feel more confident in Asante. Yes. Because JC's been lingering mm. this surgery from the offseason so long. But realistically, to tap into your pick, it's seeming more and more like the Bucks might pull it off because if Pitts, but was Pitts in, hasn't been involved in the first place. Yeah, they have that extra receiving threat. Yeah, but they have a top five front seven. There's no reason why they should be getting yeah. hooked in the running game. They played the Browns last week without Garrett, without Clowney. JOK's been banged up. That front seven, you're playing Alex Wright from UAB. You're playing Taven Bryant, who's been a complete bust. And uh, uh, Larry Ogunjobi. I, I'm pretty sure Larry Ogunjobi oh, is with he's uh, the pass rushing. You had... Yeah. Steelers now. Mm-hmm. Either way. Yeah, I don't they know. They had to who... replace them with someone worse. And they they are not meant for the run. That defensive line was in horrendous shape. You were playing fourth rounders, fourth fifth rounders against quality offensive linemen. Yeah. As much as I want to shit on them, they're decent. They're enough. They are enough that like even likes Matt Ryan would mm-hmm. look decent because yeah, he looked sure. decent last year. I love it. Yeah, Falcons plus 10. Then we got uh, Chargers minus 2.5. There's some spicy picks, man. 
I mess with it. I mess with it. Yeah, dude. We're here for it. We're here for it. I mean, that last second yeah. cover. The way my argument was like for Atlanta. Anything, yeah, exactly. like, anything right, double digits. We didn't expect uh, Indy to cover three and a half last night, and so you know, crazier shit could happen. I didn't think Broncos would be great. I thought it'd be within a field goal. Yeah, because you I were borderline. I didn't think. I had no idea. Yeah, the Broncos like you would, are the Colts would win that game. Play. Feel good to start the week that way, but yeah, I mean, let's hope we all have fucking good weeks and go. Mostly, uh, yeah, let's ride. Let's go mostly let's undefeated. Ride. Yeah, let's let's country. country. Oh my god, that's let's going country. on a t-shirt for let's sure. Ride. Can't wait for that. Keep you posted on the release date. Um, but yeah, that just about does it for our Friday edition of the Blitz Podcast. Um, yeah, this was a little Week Five preview. I'll have this out by midday tomorrow, most likely. Um, but yeah, if you tuned in tonight, hopefully you got some solid insight. Going into uh, Saturday, maybe you could start throwing up some parlays, you know, get a little crazy with it. But football's here, man. It's coming on Sunday. Let's ride, man. All right, we'll catch you guys later. Peace.